you're a police officer or currently working in law enforcement and you're considering your career, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Andy Lobron. Welcome to the Blue Light Leavers podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 78 of the Blue Light Leavers podcast. Now today I'm talking to a one-to-one client of mine, Josh Penrill. Now, Josh is a, a former police officer who is now a senior project manager with Turner Townsend Consultancy. And in this interview, we talk about uh, why he left policing. We talk about the steps that we both took with regards to uh, identifying um, the type of roles and what was going to suit him best and salary expectations, and that sort of stuff. We talk through the right courses for him. Uh, we also talk through uh, the transferable skills that um, that he's found have really helped him in his new role. Um, we talk about the interview processes and the applications that we went through and um, uh, some of the knockbacks and how we dealt with those. Uh, we talk about the importance of networking and the day in the life of a consultant and so much more. So um, it's a fantastic interview. I'm really grateful to Josh. And let's speak to Josh now. Now, just before we head over to the interview, I just want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the brilliant Motorsource Group who, like Blue Light Leavers, are very proud sponsors of the Emergency Services Football League. Now, I've met CEO Steve Thornton a number of times now, and I've also interviewed him for the podcast. And I've also met the team, and I've been up to their head office. And they're just a really lovely bunch of people who are genuinely doing the right thing and doing their bit to say thanks. Now, Motorsource Group offer genuine new car discounts to serving and retired emergency services personnel, including police, NHS, fire and rescue, and prison service. They're completely independent offering a full range of makes and models and are rated excellent by their customers on Trustpilot. They also work closely with the Police Federation and with NARPO and they deliver direct to your door. I promise you, you will make savings. Now to find out more, go to bluelightleavers.com forward slash partners. That's bluelightleavers.com forward slash partners. Hi, Josh. Brilliant to have you here. Thanks so much for agreeing to be interviewed on the Blue Light Leavers podcast. Really good of you and, uh, and it's nice to see you again. No worries. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Last time I saw you, I think, was probably the expo, wasn't it? When you very kindly helped out. Yeah, it was the expo. We've been in touch via WhatsApp, but I think that was the uh, you you came up from um, sort of deepest, darkest Devon Cornwall border up to uh, to Birmingham to help me out with the event. So that was really kind of you. So thanks for that. Not at all. Least I could do. Uh, Ramit, what is your current role? So uh, I'm currently a senior project manager within Turner and Townsend, who are a, a major infrastructure project management consultancy. Excellent. Sounds like an amazing role. What was it you yeah. were in prior to that? So it's really good. So prior to that, uh, I was a police officer uh, for 15 years within uh, the Ministry of Defence Police. So uh, predominantly firearms uh, for all of my career. Uh, but along the way, got involved in some really interesting uh, initiatives uh, and operations. Um, took on the role of a police search advisor uh, and became police search coordinator for G7 Summit in Cornwall. Um, and kind of off the back of that, decided that perhaps operational policing wasn't for me. Uh, and I had some skills that maybe I could offer to, to the private industry in the mm. big wide world. Mm. If we go into your um into your career history a, a bit deeper, Josh, if we can, if that's all right. So I think it'd be really mm. interesting to know some of the things that you're involved in. Obviously, you've, you've, you've hinted at it, but a bit, I think um, the key with you as well was actually you were able to get yourself involved in some some project work as well, weren't you? And some uh, you know some rollouts of new systems and new processes and new ways of working. You identified a few different things as well, so it might be helpful for people to understand 
how sometimes when you're involved in things and you don't really think of them as projects, sure. that all of a sudden when you look outside of of policing, it's very clear that that was actually a project and a program. So can you go into a bit more detail about the type of um, type of stuff that you were doing within the police uh, on top of the day to day role? Sure. So uh, I, I was getting involved in uh, the rollouts of new uh, command and control systems. So uh, more a, a local level initially. So we had a new piece of software that was coming into force. Um, and I took on the role of a, you'd call it a, a kind of change champion, if you like. So helping uh, the kind of local teams, local officers understand what was coming uh, and making sure that the kind of project was delivering the best outputs for them and what we could do to kind of support those officers on the ground. Mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, that was my first kind of introduction to, to project work, if you like. Um, and then looking at kind of other aspects of my career, when you look at the police search world and what I was getting involved in there around improving how we use uh, kind of digital and data and um, kind of Office 365 and how we kind of use those within our normal kind of day-to-day businesses as pulses and, and search officers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, kind of touched on projects throughout my career without ever really knowing that I was doing project work. Mm-hmm. Um, which was kind of really interesting when I started working with you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and uh, and it, that was actually it was really exciting actually. And we'll go through that in a second about those processes that we went through. You know, why did you look for some help, support, sure. and guidance? It was you know obviously you can do Google searches, YouTube, all those sort of things. What was it mm-hmm. that you felt you needed that was that was not available to you? I think it was the the networking part was really key for me. Um, uh, and the kind of not doors you could open, but ways that you could or individuals you could point me to who'd kind of gone through lived experience and leaving the police was really helpful. But also it was the it was the accountability part for me. So I knew I wanted to leave um, and I'd been thinking about it for a while. But it was having a kind of a critical friend on my shoulder saying, you need to do this now. You need mm-hmm. to concentrate on this. Uh, this is what I want you to do this week. And for me, in the way I kind of work that really helped so mm-hmm. a bit of kind of external pressure if you like but really kind of helpful and, and useful pressure um yeah that's what i that's what i needed mm-hmm. and that's what yeah. really kind of helped spur things along yeah i think you, you really thrived on that as well i think it was um i, I like to call it accountability you could also call it nagging i guess but, <laughs> uh, but it was it is those you know we you know we're on a call every week and um you know, we have certain tasks, both of us have certain tasks that need to be completed prior to the next call. And, um, mm. um, and you, you know, obviously life gets in the way. I absolutely get that. But, um, but I do think having that accountability and someone, like I said, that critical friend, that accountability to, you know, to re uh, grip you when maybe you're thinking, actually, I'd rather do something else right now. But, um, you know, you know that I'm going to jump on a call with you and say, well, how are you getting on? And what's happened with this application? And yeah. have you done this? And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, it, it was, you were so easy to work with, Josh. It was, it was, it was an absolute pleasure. It really was because you were so coachable and so willing to, to learn and listen as well. So that, that made a massive difference as well. And, and, um, so yeah, it's, um, you know, you've had some amazing success and we'll go into, into more detail in a second, but, um, um, in terms of the first steps, then obviously, you know, we jumped on a couple of calls and, um, and chatted through your requirements and, and the direction that you felt that, or we both felt it was going to be the right one for you. But can you remember that process of what we went through that initial sort of couple of calls in terms of identifying 
your strengths and what you were good at and stuff that you didn't want to do. Do you remember that? Yeah. So the first few steps was around what what kind of experience I I'd had before. So what I'd done throughout my policing career, um, and we we all know we do an awful lot, but trying to put it down on paper, it's it, that's the challenge, isn't it? Try to understand what we we kind of do on a, on a day-to-day basis and a weekly basis and a monthly basis. Uh, and what really helped is kind of that breakdown of what I'd say, well, I'll, on a weekly basis, I do this. So on a monthly basis, I do this. And this is what I've been involved in. But what helped was that um, kind of transferable skill piece. So if we transfer leading an operation or kind of changing an initiative, well, let's try and transfer that into into the corporate world, into the private world, and see how that matches up. And before you know it, you've got almost a, a plan on a page and a, and a job description laid out in front of you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was the kind of first uh, steps, and that really like, kick-started the process. And I was I was hooked, so I was brought in, and, and away we went. Yeah, definitely. And um, could you remember, you may not be able to, because it's a little while ago now, but the, in terms of those skills the skills and experience that you've picked up and those that transferable skills stuff that i love the uh, uh the transferable skills that uh, that you can map across what would you say are the key ones that have that have really stood out for you in terms of what you're doing in policing and those transferable skills which ones do you think are the most important for you so i think certainly for the for the role i'm in um it's the communication is is a big one so uh, when you link it to what I currently do in terms of project management, we call it stakeholder engagement. Um, so communication, absolutely key. Uh, and we're talking to people day in, day out as a police officer, but you don't realise quite how much, um, how good at it we are. And it really helps when you move into the private sector, talking to, to clients, um, for the consultancy work that I do, talking to um, kind of project teams, talking to programme directors, talking to, to sponsors. Um, and that ability to engage with everyone at, at all levels is, is really kind of useful. Um, but it's also the the organisational skills that you pick up as a police officer, mm. balancing a lot of plates, um, be it workload, be it training needs, be it managing your staff, if you have a kind of line management responsibility, mm. lots of different plates. Um, and out in the, the private world, you also balance a lot of plates, um, but it's kind of different stresses, different pressures. And if you can do it within a policing environment, you can most certainly do it in the private sector. Mm. Yeah, without a doubt. I think um, some of the other things I know we spoke about as well was, um, you know, the ability to build relationships, develop trust, which is something that we do all the time every day. And negotiating and influencing as well, you know, that bit within project management and, and mm-hmm. you know, my role sort of change management type of thing, you know, that ability to be able to, um, you know, negotiate, influence, understand other people's uh, challenges and, and why things are so difficult and what we can do to mitigate and put in place and, and you know, keep everyone happy type of stuff. I think like dealing with conflict as well and having difficult conversations, you know, very much part of that project manager type of, um, of type of role as well and business change. Um, and leadership as well, I think, you know, that ability to, to take charge. You don't, you know, we don't have to have rank to, to be a leader. We, you know, we do that at every role and every rank is taking leadership, taking ownership, those type of things. And that's, they're all key behaviors, key values and, and key skills, certainly for that. Um, you know, for, for many, many types of roles, but 
I think for me, alongside those key transferable skills that you had and the work that you'd done, um, you know, without realizing that you'd been involved in some projects and that you'd actually been a change champion and those type of things, it re- really gave us an amazing footing, I think, to, to identify the type of direction that was going to work best for you. And, and how important was salary to you at that point as well? So, yeah, it was fairly important. Um, so I left policing as a, a top rate sergeant. Uh, and what I wanted to do is to find a salary that that matched that if I could. Mm. Um, so we'll we'll cover it in a moment in terms of uh, the investment that I made around courses and things mm. like that to make sure I kind of hit the ground running. Um, but yeah, what I wanted to do is is find uh, a position that was a an equivalent salary or more if I could. Mm. So let's go into those courses then because we we having gone through those initial stages of identifying what was going to be the right direction for you and what was going to give you that sense of purpose and fulfillment and, and um, you know, the, the, the nice stuff about policing that you wanted. Um, we then identified a few different courses that were going to support you and, and give you a bit more credibility in terms of your CV. So what did you do? So I think the first two courses I did, I uh, studied my Prince 2 Foundation and Prince 2 Practitioner. Mm. Um, and then the following course I did was a uh, a course called ProSci, which is around uh, change management certification, which is more around business change as opposed to project management. So, yeah, I think those were the, I think those were the three I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think sure it was. I don't think you, yeah. did, you didn't do Agile, did you? No, I didn't. No. So, um, I thought about it. I thought about mm-hmm. going down the edge. I wrote, of course, featured around uh, software uh, project mm-hmm. management. Um, but no, I decided to stick with with Prince Do Foundation and 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 practitioner as opposed to going down the software route, which yeah, I thought might kind of shoehorn me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. I think um, what people have got to be careful of here, and I've mentioned it before, is that um, it's really important not to just do a course you've got to be able to have you've got to have a little bit of experience mm-hmm. um whether it's officially or unofficially in project management or change type of roles to to really benefit from doing those courses um you know I, I, what i don't want people to do is just splash out and spend you know a couple of thousand pounds on a on a course if they haven't got the experience to back it up because the course isn't enough but you were fortunate that you've been involved in that so that you did have some experience that we were able to talk through when it came to applications and interviews and that sort mm-hmm. of thing um, but how have those courses helped you since then? So having done those courses and now moved into that project management and um, change type of role uh, within a consultancy, how have they helped? So the, the Prince 2 courses uh, gave me a very good understanding of uh, the, the methodology and the, the, the acronyms and all that kind of kind of work that's, that's involved around projects we talk about gate reviews and stages and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But I don't use that on a on a day-to-day basis. Mm. Uh, projects I'm involved in don't use um, Prince2. We follow, uh, certainly my organization within Town Townsend, we follow the APM. Uh, so you're looking at the APM, PMQ. Uh, that's the kind of the framework that we use. Um, and the same, similar on, similar with the terms of the, the pro site work. So whilst I don't use that on a, on a day-to-day basis, I'm not in a business change role. What that gives me is the, I guess, the ability to um, use or see how projects and changes 
affect people. Mm. So when we take that back to the policing side and we're kind of focused on communities, we're focused on the people, we're focused on on our own kind of colleagues and staff, it allows me to put that kind of spin on on everything I do. So when I talk around uh, kind of realising the benefits of the project, it's not just for the organisation, it's not just for kind of national security, which is the kind of role I'm involved in the moment, but it's it's around, well, what are the teams going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. Well, who are the, what are the end users, end users going to benefit? So that process, that process course was, was really useful. It's a very advanced, I'd say an advanced level. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But it, um, yeah, it, I really think that's, that's helped certainly in the role that I do. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And the um, uh, APM as well. So what do you understand about the, the APM qualification? So the APM, the Association of Project Management, they are the, not the governing body, if you like, they are um, seen as best practice in terms of project management, uh, certainly within the UK. Uh, the the APM PMQ is on a on a par with the Prince Two practitioner qualification um, in terms of kind of difficulty and uh, kudos behind it, but it's seen as uh, the, the the gold standard for project management within the UK. Uh, so yeah, the APM PMQ it's something I'm currently working towards. Uh, got a, a course scheduled within my own firm in October. Right. Um, yeah, it's. It's, it's the the gold standard for management yeah. within yeah. The, the business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The um, I think that alongside the Prince too, as well, and the ProSire, they're, they're you know they're fantastic qualifications to have. They are really really strong on your CV as well. So I, th- I think um, and certainly I didn't find them easy. I've got to be honest with you. I'm, <laughs> I, you know I'm as thick as mints, and um, uh, they. Prince two practitioner in particular. I did MSP as well, but Prince two practitioner um, and the MSP both follow a very similar uh, uh, exam process for the practitioner, mm. and they are tough. And I think the APM used to be like a three-hour longhand yeah. written. I'm not sure if that's still the case. It is, yeah. So yeah. Um, it's yeah, a three-hour paper, three hours and fifteen minutes. I want to say. Uh, and it is, yeah, it is. It is longhand. It's not multiple oh choice. God. It's right. uh, an essay question mm. or an essay response per per question. Fortunately, if you've already done Prince Two Practitioner, you can do a shortened version, which is two yeah. hours and ten. Okay, uh, slightly better, but still not great. Still grim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but great to have. Yeah, well done, mate. That's that's really positive. And what's good as well is that um, you know Turner and Townsend have obviously you know, they invest in the staff as well, don't they? Yeah, and a lot of definitely. consultancies do that as well. So it's because obviously it's in their interest as well. So that's, that's mm-hmm. brilliant news. Great stuff. Well done. Um, so the application process, so we were identifying a few different roles and we knew that that consultancy type of role that project management stroke consultancy type of thing was the right direction for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and we went through the application process together for a few bits as well, didn't we? So it's um, it sort of put your application together, ping it back to me, we'd have a quick scan through, see it's any gaps or anything that needs filling and then we'd, it, uh, we'd apply. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about the, the whole application process and sometimes hearing and sometimes not and that type of stuff? Um, yeah, not. I think not getting a, a response after you've put in a lot of work into an application was, uh, it was frustrating at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, <laughs> that's it, I, I got used to it. Um, and it's just part of the course. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you you aren't going to hear back from every every position. You might you might have five hundred applicants for a job. So I completely understand it. Um, 
yeah, the the application process, uh, the they vary per organization, per role, um, and it is a long-winded process. But my my advice out there is, um, treat everyone as as individual and unique, uh, and really work through them as as best you can, as opposed to almost taking a carbon copy for for each one. Mm. Um, but yeah. And your CV as well, CV, LinkedIn, and uh, personality profiling as well. Can you talk us through those? Yeah, so uh, CV, uh, I had Charlotte Eve do my do my CV, uh, kind of connected through uh, by yourself. That was that was worth its weight in gold. Uh, I last time I wrote a CV was um, I think two thousand and seven. So that was uh, when when I started in started work with tesco i believe Brilliant. so it's um yeah my my cv was very much out of date uh getting that um kind of cv written um understanding how my experience translate into kind of project management and business change for the roles they were applying for at the time was really useful mm. and seeing it on paper it was like well that is me I know it's me. I know I've done all these things, but I I could have never written something of that kind of caliber. Yeah, so that was really good. Um, the the personality evaluation work that was yeah that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I've never I've never done before. Um, and it gave me a real kind of insight into how other people see me. Mm-hmm. Uh, how other people see how I tackle a problem how i engage with people um yeah but i think that that helped going forward and it certainly helps my current role as well Mm -hmm. yeah fantastic and um so we start to get some success in terms of applications and get through to interviews so talk us through those initial interviews and how you felt so i think (laughs) you're gonna hate me for this but i um (laughs) I don't I can always get edit nervous. it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is that. Uh, yeah. Nerves don't really seem to, to affect me too much. So I was going for, for interviews. Um, and I remember you kind of prepping me beforehand, talking about uh, box breathing and kind of relaxing into things and uh, kind of slowing down and taking these questions that comes. And I remember saying to you, I've I've got this. I don't know what you're worried about. I think you're more you're worried the more worried than I am. I was. Um, <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, the the interview process is varied. But for the interviews I got, they were they kind of um, they were different for each organisation. Um, some were five six stages, um, which when you kind of uh, apply it back into the policing world, we it's unheard of really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so getting my head around that and going for it, being successful at one stage and being told, and the next stage you'll now be doing a role play. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, okay. Um, so yeah, they, they varied, but I wouldn't say, uh, fortunately, I, I don't get nervous during these kind of processes and just take it take it as it comes and what will be, will be almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of the experience of the interviews, themselves josh how did you find those whether well, there was some better than others some more better organized than others <clears throat> excuse me i think they were they were on a par uh in terms of um i think they were all very well organized 
I think that some organizations, it was much more of a two-way conversation in terms of not only was I applying for the job, but they were um, kind of selling themselves as an organization, which was quite, that was new to me. I'd never experienced this before. So uh, I think for the the role that I was successful in uh, with Turner and Townsend, it was very much a two-way conversation, very much about what TNT can can offer, very much about what we get involved in. Um, yeah, it was it was certainly two-way, mm-hmm. uh, and very much a conversational type interview as well. Mm-hmm. Run so your less CV. Of the competency. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. more around that kind of conversational piece. Let's mm-hmm. discuss your CV. Um, but yeah, there were, I'm sure, some kind of competency competency themes kind of running through that, mm. uh, and being aware of knowing your CV inside and out, being able to expand on what's within it is key. Mm. But yeah, more of a relaxed theme as opposed to the typical competency based interview that you might get with the police. Mm. Mm. And um, did you find the? I can be brutally honest here. Did you find the interview prep that we did was? Did that help you? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I'd gone through promotion processes within the police uh, prior. But knowing how to kind of apply that experience, I guess, to the private sector. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was really useful. Mm-hmm. Going through the questions. And again, for me, the accountability piece. I know that I would have done a bit of prep maybe a week or so before and, and left it. If I've left my own devices and then come into time, I'd have give it a best shot and what what happens happens mm. but um yeah sitting down running through practice questions feedback on in on answers yeah that was really useful mm. really helpful and it, it seemed to work so mm. well you had some success didn't you do you want to talk us through um how you did yeah so uh, i was i went through a process uh for a small uh kind of boutique business change um consultancy uh, it was a it was a five stage mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. Um, application uh, initial interview uh, role play presentation and final interview with a uh, director of the company um, and I was successful but um the the offer was conditional based on a contract renew with the client um, and we didn't have an end date for that mm-hmm. so we were kind of waiting for that date and that kind of time to come. Um, but I kept applying and found another role that was uh, more suitable mm-hmm. uh, and also starting much sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think um, one of the challenges that we had as well, we were, we were a bit concerned, certainly I was, um, in terms of location as well, because um, you're quite remote, aren't you? And um, um, But it seemed... It didn't really seem to hold us back. Well, I think once we we got into the, uh, you know, we knew the direction that we we're moving in, and um, with modern working, you know, sort of hybrid practice as well, and um, you know, working practice as well. I think those sort of things helped. So, um, um, but yeah, we were certainly a bit concerned about that. But it's, um, mm-hmm. I, I remember being quite frustrated with that initial interview, um, successful interview that you had, because um, I remember saying, you know, asking the question about the pipeline of work. Mm-hmm. And I don't think at that stage they were spectacularly honest. It wasn't until they'd um, actually said, yeah, we'd like you, but, mm-hmm. um, and then the condition came in, but like I said, we, we kept applying for stuff, didn't we? And um, yeah. um, throughout that entire process. And 
And I think it's really important to just reiterate that as well. You know, even even when you're successful, um, and even when you get that, and until you get the contract through and you sign the contract and it's all been agreed, you've got to keep applying because you just never know what's mm-hmm. going to happen and what's around the corner. And for you, it was something better came along. And um, um, we when we started applying for that as well, I, I want to talk about the the importance of networking as well, Josh, if that's okay, and um, and how it helped because we, we, there was a few conversations that we had, um, but. Where, where do you think networking fits into this? I think it's really important. Um, looking at either networking in terms of individuals that have already left the police and had kind of made that transition, that was useful. Uh, yeah. And certainly from, from individuals who had uh, taken on a project management role. So knowing that uh, what I had done in the police, um, that I could do within the private sector and I could pick up a role uh, relatively quickly mm. uh, and get stuck in. That was really useful. Um, but also deeper than that. So uh, if we could try to engage with people that were already in the organisations I was applying for, mm. not to get uh, kind of a heads up or the inside scoop or any kind of like that kind of stuff, but trying to understand the the, the company's values and trying to understand um, how they treat their staff, which is which is key to me. Um, yeah, that was that was really helpful. I spoke mm. to some really great some really great individuals mm. who really helped um, help me along. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's um, yeah, huge thanks to them, and uh, um, they know who they are. So uh, no, I was really yeah. really incredibly grateful for uh, for their time and and um, and you know being able to help you and give you. A bit of a steer as well, and you know, in terms of things like the interview process, and like so, the work, cult, you know, workplace mm. culture, and those sort of things are so so important. So, um, so you got accepted for your new role, and um, how did you feel at that point? I know you know things like nerves and and um, <laughs> you know, which has always been my frustration with you because there's, I've always felt more nervous than you have, both probably <laughs> for your start date as well. I think, but um, yeah. um, but in terms of actually. Uh, handing in your resignation, how did that feel? And, and actually leaving the day that you handed your work card back and your uniform and that sort of stuff. How was that for you? I was I was torn. I think so. Uh, having spent um, the majority of my working life in in policing, mm. to to leave it was it was difficult and it was tricky. So not only to kind of leave the the team and the great people around me that, that I work with, but it's been a massive part of my life. Um, and I really enjoyed some of the things that I got involved in and some of the things that I was doing. So yeah, it was it was tricky handing in handing in everything uh, and kind of saying goodbye. That was tough. But also I was I was over the moon and, and chuffed that I'd managed to kind of apply my my skills elsewhere and and try something entirely, entirely new and different, mm-hmm. which seems to be really, really paying off. Mm-hmm. And um, you also mentioned salary earlier as well. And, and um, talk us through the salary negotiations. <laughs> so, uh, I it got to interview stage. I mentioned the salary I was looking for at an interview, um, and I went, I went bold. I went big. You certainly uh, did. <laughs> I did, uh, but I, I did base that on on a couple of things. So one was a another role that I was uh, kind of interviewing for at the same time, 
with a kind of a major defence firm, um, and the salary or the, the, that role had a uh, a very attractive salary attached to it. Mm. So I did a bit of research uh, in Turner Townsend, and I went. Uh, I was bigger than I bigger than I probably should have done. Um, in so much as the two uh, kind of directors on the call that were interviewing me, um, both of them looked up from their notes and tilted their head. <laughs> so we, we discussed that a little bit during that interview. And then after, uh, I think it was the following day, I got a call from, uh, I think it was the UK head of recruitment, saying you've been successful in your interview. Uh, congratulations. Uh, however, we can't offer you the salary that you've that you've asked for. It doesn't, um, yeah, it, it doesn't align with the the current uh, kind of individuals in the organisation at that grade. Um, however, we'd like to offer you X, um, which again was significantly higher than my sergeant salary. Um, and they said we'll also bump that up with a car allowance. Uh, to bring you closer to what you're looking for. Um, will you take that? Um, and I bit their hand off. And here yeah. I am. Yeah. I remember you WhatsApping me about this and I was <laughs> head in my hands. Josh, what have you done? It was one of those sort of, it was, uh, but uh, yeah, fair play to you for, for being so bold. It was, uh, and, it, and it works out brilliantly in the end. But mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, no, it's extraordinary. And um, so if we talk about, uh, them as an organisation, Turn Townsend as an organisation. The difference, how you feel about, um, you know, how you think about work and the type of work that you're getting involved in as well. So there's, there's about four questions in one there. But if we look at Turn Townsend from a, um, you know, from a sort of culture and a values perspective and how you feel it aligns with you, let's go into that first. Hmm. So there, it although it's a very kind of it's, it's a corporate and very serious kind of industry we're involved in uh, looking at the kind of support and, and management of of major uh, construction projects across the UK and across the world. Um, in terms of how that's that's done and managed internally, it's very it's a very relaxed atmosphere. Um, it's a a flat structure as opposed to a kind of hierarchical structure that I was very much used to, um, which is which is really really good, really uh, kind of uh, interesting and, and works really well. But also you talk around kind of values, you talk around uh, social value, and we're doing a, a lot of work around um, kind of major projects around the world. But it's around what those projects um, provide the clients that we're working for, but also the kind of communities around those those projects. Um, so that kind of social value and environmental impact kind of piece is is key throughout what we get involved in uh around the world and um if we then talk about the impact that it's had on you personally um and um you know how it feels being out of police and doing something different how's that uh so <clears throat> i'm really enjoying it and i think it's it's working really well so in terms of uh work-life balance it, the ability to uh, work from home, not all the time, of course. I'm going to kind of uh, keep my my client at focus number one. If they want me on site, then then I work to achieve that as much as I can. But the yeah, the ability from work from home is really is really key. Um, limited limited stress, 
compared to within the policing environment. And bear in mind, I had a very low stress role within policing compared to kind of other roles. Um, but taking work home, that's that's not that's not a thing. I might work late, maybe half an hour or an hour once a week, um, just because I haven't managed to catch up during the day or kind of work my calendar efficiently as I should have done. Um, but yes, finishing on time, starting at normal time, no night shifts, no weekends. Um, yeah, it's going, it's going really well. Amazing. So no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. No, not at all. Um, could you just talk us through the day in the life of a senior project manager with a consultancy working in a different organisation, the type of projects that you get involved in? But that day in the life of, I think, would be really helpful to people and understand what t- you know type of work that you do. So the I kind of wear two hats, if you like. So if I if I look at the the internal kind of tournament Townsend hat, and then my external client facing. So uh, internally, in terms of tournament Townsend, uh, it's um, supporting the business. So developing uh, new kind of business sectors, uh, looking at going into uh, kind of expansion uh, and driving the business forward but also uh, helping the new generation of project management uh, kind of individuals come through. So be that graduates or whatever it may be. Um, so that's kind of one side. Um, and then external kind of client facing, which is where I spend 99% of my time. Um, the, the role I'm in at the moment, I work within the, the PMOs, or portfolio management office, um, which kind of sits aside as a kind of critical friend and of assuring projects and, and teams so it's making sure that the kind of projects and kind of pms within the kind of projects are uh, delivering what they need to do if there's any support we go in and we we help out we improve their businesses their processes uh there's any templates that kind of need amending or updating it's coming up with those it's looking at industry best practice and how we can apply those within the projects that we support. So that's kind of my role. Um, you look at day to day, a couple of meetings each day, uh, kind of project level, team level, one to one meetings, uh, guidance, mentoring, coaching. Um, but yeah, it's going really well. Really enjoying it. Amazing. Oh, well done, mate. That's brilliant. So pleased you. And the, um, how have you felt? Um, you know, have you been surrounded by enough people? So if you're not sure about something, you can just go, I'm not sure what I'm doing here. Can you give us a hand? Or, you know, that, that, um, you know, are you dropped in the deep end or how, how do you feel about, um, you know, if, if you're not sure about something? So the, I think that's one of the best things about working for a consultancy really is that that kind of knowledge sharing uh, and knowing how to get help uh, if you need something is, is something that, uh, consultancies are regular and certainly turn them at time's end. So um, I won't go into too much detail, but we were looking at, I was looking at devising a, a contingency drawdown process for our portfolio and our programs from our kind of from the MOD mm-hmm. uh, into our into the firm I'm contracted to, if you like. Um, I'd never done that before. I knew what contingency drawdown was, but I'd never devised a process. So I asked internally within TNT. Has anybody tackled this before? Has anyone set one up from the start? And within two hours, I had a response. 
within four hours, I'd had a meeting with somebody that devised it. They sent me templates. They sent me uh, guides on how to implement it and get it over the line. Um, so, yeah, knowing who to go to for help in kind of my organization is it's invaluable and really, really easy to do. Yeah, I've found the same. I've worked with a number of consultancies now and um, found exactly the same. If you're not sure, it's uh, you'll always find somewhere there that is very willing to help and support because yeah. obviously, ultimately, it's the it's the it's the name of the organisation mm-hmm. that's important, and it's the service and the you know providing yeah. that quality service and, and not a shoddy piece of work. So people are really keen to make sure that you get <laughs> the right information at the right time to be able to, you know look so it looks good for the organization as well you know Definitely. so, uh, uh, so it's, it's a very different mindset and um and can sometimes take a little bit of getting used to but uh, yeah yeah it's uh, brilliant um in terms of future opportunities and stuff like that josh where do you think um where do you see this going so my my aspiration is to uh, go for promotion mm. uh, so next year so the next grade up for <laughs> for me is a uh, an associate director within the organization and then hopefully trying to, I'm currently working on a, a scheme to, or a kind of strategy to improve how we, and develop how we work with the policing sector as an mm. organization. So looking at getting involved in more policing projects. Mm. Um, so that kind of business development, driving um, driving business into the, into the organization is something I'm working on at the moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, really, really enjoy my time. Um, a lot of prospects. I've got a kind of clear um, career path, I think, of where I want to go. Um, yeah. It's going really that's well. excellent. Yeah, lovely. And that supervision and management as well, that line management side of things as well, and that, like you said, that career path. How, how does that differ? So I haven't got any line management at the moment. Um, I think that's, that's due to come fairly shortly. I think they've given me some time to to get stuck in uh, and kind of really absorb uh, the culture before you take on uh, staff around you. But the certainly looking at my uh, my line management chain, if you like, always on hand to help uh, a text or a, a team's call kind of any time of day if you need a hand, uh, weekly one-to-ones. Um, and then you've also got kind of wider teams around you. Mm. So that kind of culture and that kind of no pressure line management, I think is probably the best way to say, mm. uh, but kind of more mentoring, coaching, making sure they're getting the, you're getting the best out of yourself is the mm. kind of the emphasis, emphasis they, uh, they put on things. Mm. Brilliant. Um, so what final advice would you give to anyone that might be thinking about moving on and uh, you know because i know for a fact that people can be stuck in limbo for years mm-hmm. thinking should i shouldn't i um and <clears throat> you know I, I regularly have conversation conversations with people telling them to stay as well so which i know is ironic bearing mm-hmm. in mind what we do but um um but you know i do get it and i understand why people you know, do want to move and I understand why people want to stay and a bit confused about it. So, um, um, but from your perspective, Josh, and what you've been through and what you've seen, what would you suggest? I mean, each each individual person will have their own kind of reasons for, for looking at leaving. But if I could offer uh, advice to anybody, if you're considering it and you're kind of 
over that barrier point, so you're over that 51% as opposed to 49%, then just go for it. There's no harm in developing a CV. There's no harm in tailoring it. There's no harm in applying for jobs and even just getting over that barrier, over that hump of shall I, shan't I? What if, what if I don't, what if I'm not successful? What if it all backfires? There's no harm in doing it. There's plenty of help out there, plenty of support. Everyone's willing to, to give you a hand if you need it, but just, just go for it. You never know what'll happen. Mm. Um, and yeah, there are some real, real benefits. Yeah, clearly. Um, I'm so pleased things have worked out so well for you, mate. Honestly, Thank it's you. extraordinary. It's um, and such a fantastic story as well. And um, and it was an absolute pleasure working with you. It really was. It was um, a, a real joy and um, um, and a lot of fun as well. Yeah, thanks so much for your time. Amazing. No worries. No, thank you. We'll speak again soon. Cheers. Such a great interview with Josh, and I'm really grateful for his time. And um, what I forgot to do was uh, was mention how you can connect with Josh. And uh, so the best way of doing it is through LinkedIn, and it's Josh Penwill, P-E-N-W-I-L-L on LinkedIn. And uh, he was he's such a great guy; he will help you without a shadow of a doubt. So, uh, so yeah. Thanks again to Josh for his time. Brilliant interview. Uh, so if you like what you heard, then uh, please leave a review. You can do that on Spotify and on Apple. And um, I think I said on the last one, we had tens of thousands of downloads, but not that many reviews. And so I'm hoping that it's not just more than a handful of people who like what we do. So uh, if you do uh, appreciate what it is that we're doing, if you could leave a review, it really helps because it just helps to get the uh, message out there. And um, if you know people who are maybe considering this as um, as a line of uh, of employment and uh, a career change, then just send them a link, WhatsApp it across to them, or uh, and just share it because that helps massively as well. So, uh, um, so again, massive thanks to Josh. And um, you can find out more by going to the Blue Light Leavers website, bluelightleavers.com, and obviously we've got the private Facebook group as well. So uh, hopefully we've seen you in there. And thanks as always for listening. I really do appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Bye for now.